Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And it's welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today I'm travelling down the coast to sunny Sydney and I have with me the beautiful Kylie Ansett. Hi, Kylie. Hello, hello, Melinda. Uh, yeah, now Kylie has a fascinating life and part of that life is author training courses. Kylie, you started out writing your own best-selling uh, non-fiction books and now you're training others how to do it. Uh, would you like to start and tell us a little bit about what got you into author training courses? Absolutely. Um, okay, so yes, I have written a couple of books now in the non-fiction arena and I absolutely loved the process and felt that this is something that uh, I guess the more that I spoke to other people about it, the more I found that there's a lot of people out there that want to do this as well, but they're kind of lost as to where to start. Um so I put together a really kind of rough and ready, I guess, email, um, what could we say, like like, a, like an email course, and it just got fantastic traction. This was on the marketing side of training authors. Like how do you actually, once you've written a book, how do you get it out there onto Amazon or, you know, and selling? And so people just loved it, and I loved creating the course, and that's kind of where it started. And writing non-fiction, Kylie, I notice your very first book is something that I'm very interested in. It's called Ten Years Younger. Aha. Uh-huh. Actually, that is my second book. My first book is The Massage Therapist's Success Manual. So that was the first one that kicked it all off. And then the second one is Ten Years Younger, which um, I think a lot of people are very interested in that topic too. So now this was something that I f- was really fascinating to me because my first book was, I, I guess, in some ways it was a passion project. I, I am a massage therapist. I have worked in that arena for many, many years and I guess I had a lot of uh, – I had a lot of ideas about what it takes to be successful um, as a a natural therapist. So I I, I wanted to share this stuff and a book was, you know, the ideal format to do it. So that was my my first book. Now, when I published that book, I kind of realised a lot of things and this is one of the things that I encourage um, people when I, I do my training and my coaching with authors is that, you learn so much in the process of writing and publishing a book that it's often good to kind of just get that first one out of the way. Um, what I learned is that the marketing of your book is pretty important if you want people to read it. Um, so just just have a guess, Melinda. Out of those two books, The Massage Therapist Success Manual and Ten Years Younger, which do you think would have a wider audience? I'd go for 10 years younger and I'd buy two copies. <laughs> that way you could be 20 years younger. I yeah. like the way you think. I like the way you think, yes, absolutely. And and that is pretty much what I kind of realised. Um, 
And that's not to say that you need a topic that's kind of going to appeal to everyone because I, I don't agree with that either. It's more how you market it because now here this is this is kind of really the crux of what I, I love to uh, to teach people and have them to understand when it comes to marketing the book that you've written. It's got nothing to do with schlepping around to bookshops and having a boot full of books and, and sort of begging everyone, you know, family, friends and the the libraries to buy a copy off you. That's not what it's about at all. The, in a nutshell, this is this is what I how I see it. So when I wrote the book 10 Years Younger, that, that wasn't going to be the title of it. Um, I wasn't 100% sure of the title to begin with, but it is a book that is about uh, it's about health, it's about vitality, it's 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 about empowering people, mainly women. It's definitely aimed at uh, empowering them to kind of really embrace their their inner vitality. Um, now that could have been the title of the book, <laughs> embrace your inner vitality. I don't know something like that. But the thing is that people don't sort of wake up in the morning going, I need to embrace my inner vitality. You know, I need to be healthier. They don't even say that. What they say is, I want to be 10 years younger. Uh, hence, that's where you start marketing the book, by by giving it a title that is going to grab people um, and attract them. And, of course, um, the, the content fits the title, so it's not like it's – it's not like the, the two don't marry up. It's just that I could have given it many other titles that, in my heart, would have probably fit better. But I realised they're not going. It's not going to attract, you know, the the unwashed masses <laughs> that I that I want to download my book and buy it. Yeah, and I think that's a very valid point that you made right at the start of that, Kylie. That. People picture self-publishers driving around with their boot <laughs> car full of um, books and, and pawning them off and begging people to take them. But we've come a long way since those days and self-publishing or indie publishing is actually at the top of the pile now. Uh, now, you've had a lot of experience, I know, at doing this. You're, you're a best-selling author. And even that little tidbit you gave us about a title attracting people and solving their problems, I would certainly look at twice at a book that was going to make me 10 years younger. Um, now, if you could make me 10 times richer as well, that would be really, really nice. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the next book, I think, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got the title worked out, everybody. Now, uh, I'm coaching someone, everyone, to, to finish or write and finish her book and already the after that first flash of enthusiasm that we all have we've got a great idea we write mm. it down that very quickly runs out doesn't it so you're talking about the the kind of momentum and the excitement and then when you get into the actual writing that you lose that momentum is is that what you're talking about yeah uh, I think mm. I think that's very common uh, whether it be mm. fiction or non-fiction but in particular mm. I find with non-fiction I've been yep. trying to write a non-fiction book for over three months now <laughs> and I just lose interest straight away because I can't make yes. it up and I thought oh this, this is not good uh -huh. um, but some people have that kind of brain and I, I'm working with a lady at the moment and she wrote first say five or ten thousand words really really quickly and now she's come to a grinding halt and I think it's because the baby gets too big for the bathtub okay Mm. Oh, yes, you're so right. You, do you mean so you start thinking, oh, and I could do this, oh, I could do that, and before you know it, you've sort of got six books that you could be writing because 
one thing springs to another. Look, that can certainly happen and that's when you need to start. Uh, you, you, something that's really important when it comes to non-fiction books in this day and age, what people are looking for is something that is easy to consume. They're not looking for a 50,000, 100,000 word kind of uh, brick of a book. They're looking for a 20,000 word, um, you know, something that's around about 100 pages, something that's easy to consume uh, and that really narrows down your topic to being just sort of just uh, one angle. So if you start writing it and the baby gets too big for the bath, then then yeah, you 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 actually need to have four or five baths, and each of those baths is another book, and that's fantastic. Why not? Like this is this is what uh, again, you know, anyone who's listening, who's uh, you know looked into this, would know the the best way to sell more books is to have more books, more, more titles published. So um, I certainly found that with each of my books, I was like, ah, um, I could definitely write more about that chapter that chapter that's a whole book um and that's kind of what i'm doing with my third book which is a, a spin-off from the um the 10 years younger my third book is going to be all about green smoothies which was just one chapter in the 10 years younger now it's a whole book because i realized i had a lot to say about it <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry green smoothies everybody um i've given mm. up coke but i can't go to the green smoothies oh. i'm sorry Okay, all right, all right. We are going to make a uh, a deal right now, Melinda. When my book is published, which will be in the next month or so, uh, all things being equal, um, let's let's see. I, I challenge you to follow the very simple steps that I will have there, and you not be converted. <laughs> oh, everybody, I, I I promise I'll drink at one at least one green smoothie. One day, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, no, no, you, I'm throwing down the gauntlet, and and I'm uh, I'm I'm going to hold you accountable to this. And I think once you try one, it's like my son. I actually bribed him to drink his first green smoothie. I paid him money because he looked at it and went, not drinking that." I paid him money. I think I gave him five bucks. Um, now he actually hassles me if I haven't made one. Have you, when, are you making green smoothie, Mum? Where are they? Where are they? So this is what can happen. But anyway, um, that's all going to be revealed in the book. I will make green smoothies for even the um, – I've even got like man, man smoothies and kids smoothies. It's all in there. Getting back on topic. Maybe writing back. One of my favourite topics and that's it, yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, I'm sure everybody, Kylie's going to have a few um, favourite topics today because when we start delving into actually what this podcast is about, Kylie not only has done an awful lot of things, she's very, very good at, at what she does and you can hear the enthusiasm in her voice. And as I started to say and we got sidetracked again, uh, yes. we're talking about self-publishing and what a great time it is to be a self-publisher and how much opportunity and potential is out there. Um, Kylie, you're talking about putting another book out and it'll be out in a month. I'm, I was going to do this later in the podcast, but everyone, I think we might do it now. That process of launching a book and getting yourself to the bestseller list is no longer uh, left to chances so much as there is a tried and I guess true track to to take to get that happening. Well, absolutely. So, so bestseller, um, basically, from the point of view of an Amazon bestseller, as you and, I, and no doubt your listeners have some idea, um, basically means that you rank in the top one hundred of your category. Um, so, it's not. 
that difficult to get. A number one bestseller obviously means that you get to number one. Um, and there are so many categories in Amazon that you can choose categories that are quite, um, I guess, shall we say, uh, uh, narrowed down. Um, so there's all sorts of things that you can do. Choosing the correct categories but uh, is definitely going to help. And I, I suppose the the, the point of becoming a bestseller is that it's it's definitely a nice little feather to have in your cap to be able to call yourself a, a number one bestseller. Um, it's it's it comes down to understanding how the Amazon algorithm works, which is really just the the, the kind of means that our Amazon has to help its buyers find the best answer to their question. So if their question is 10 years younger um, that they type in, uh, they, they want to help them get the best answer to that question. Um, and if your book is in the correct category and has a good title um, and then starts having enough people downloading it at the same time, all of those are going to help the algorithm to to get you sort of um, floating up to the top of the rankings. Um, so, so the way that so, so the way that it works, I guess, um, is that the more the more books that you sell, the more people, the higher you are in the category. That means the more people will see your book, and the more books you sell. So it becomes a self fulfilling. Uh, kind of cycle. Um, so it's really useful when you first launch your book, uh, the, the 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 time when you you publish it and then sort of put it out to the world, to have some support around you in the in the form of um, something like a launch team. And I, I definitely do some training specifically on this, um, where you have um, people who will download your book on a certain day and who will give a an honest review um, for for uh, the book. And that way you are certainly going to be um, looking a bit more attractive than someone who has no downloads and no reviews when they launch their book. As they call it, launching to crickets is not what you want to do. <laughs> and already everyone we've spoken here, we've only spoken for 10 minutes and I hope you're taking notes. We've got we've covered titles, we've covered categories, <laughs> we've covered rankings, we've covered launch teams. Uh, my head spins with all this stuff. But, oh. <laughs> yeah, nothing's left to chance anymore. Um, you talk about systems, platforms and, and being successful. That's where your training comes in and that's where you're, you're specialising, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, Melinda, I really want people to know that it is way, way, way simpler than you probably think. Um, so don't overthink it. It's probably the, the you, you know, look, you want to give your book the best possible chance. Um, so, but it, anything that you do is kind of, I guess, better than um, than nothing. So writing a book is better than not writing a book. So so right away you're you're ahead there. Um, you definitely want to have more people reading the book. So you you're going to try and make it as attractive uh, in in the form of of its cover and its title. So that's going to give you a bit more of a, a an, an edge there. Um, okay, I'm just gonna. <coughs> Now I'm doing the cough. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so so that's the that's what I call the inbuilt marketing. Having a book that's going to be really attractive, not to you, because this is one of the big mistakes that I see a lot of authors uh, make. They become very very. Um, 
they become very close to their material. Um, and of course they are. They've been, you know, totally embroiled in it for months, writing it and editing it and all that kind of thing. Um, they can't step back then and look at it from the eyes of a fresh, uh, you know, I, I've basically got a split second to make a decision, do I buy this book or not? Now, that's where the marketing has to come in. You you have to be attractive to someone who doesn't know you from, you know, that you're a total stranger to them um, because, you know, we're not Stephen King or J.K. Rowling's. We don't have people who will just buy the book on, on uh, you know, the our name alone. Um, so you need to make it attractive to people. And that's where the whole example I gave you with the 10 years younger, that's where that came in. How do you make it attractive to people? What are they looking for? What is their problem and how are you solving it? So that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not it's not rocket science. It's actually not that complicated. So the launch team is just taking it the next step. You know, that's just giving your book another little edge. Um, so it gets a little bit more popularity. Yeah, now everybody, Kylie's telling us little furfies when she says this <laughs> stuff's not all complicated. This is it's why, not. <laughs> this is why people stay with traditional um, publishers. Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not. We are here. We are rampant indie <clears throat> authors, as you know. We fully, we fully go and support the indie, indie way. I've got to be personally, well, we all know what I think, to, to go traditional publishing is just insane. And I heard a story this morning that, that the publisher is actively discouraging um, people from, from promoting themselves outside, outside their, their publishing programs. And I thought really? it gets really scary. Um, and the author saw nothing wrong with that, and I thought this is getting crazier by by the minute. Um, it's yes, sorry. It, it is. You're absolutely right. And and look, the way that I see it, and I love how you called it. We are rampant indie authors. I think that's. I think that's a lovely, a lovely. You know, we we definitely are rampant. <laughs> and. And the way I see it is that the traditional publishing is a dying industry and they are clawing on for dear life uh, to the remnants of something from centuries, you know, last century um, that is no longer relevant to the way that people buy or consume books. Um, and the only thing they have going for and really the only thing that they're, they're kind of able to tout is the um, – I guess the, the the prestige that they supposedly can lend uh, people who go that way, but even that is is you know paper thin and and really is you know scratch the surface and that disappears. So so really, there's all the advantages lay for the indie authors, the self published um, people, um, all the all the power and and the the thing that you're saying that is maybe putting people off. Um, is this, you know, how do you market your own book? Well, as you probably no doubt know, um, you generally have to market your own book when you go traditional publishing as well, um, but you've got far less control of how all that happens. So it's, um, yeah, I can't, I, I, I think that, you know, apart from just being able to source an editor and a cover designer, there's, you know, that's, that's the, those are the basics that, um, that a self-publisher has to do. Yeah, and I think editing. We, we speak and we speak regularly about making sure that the the editing process is taken care of by a professional because that can sometimes let down an indie author. And I yes. think that's one of one of the biggest costs for indies. I noticed you had some tips on on your blog there about um, being able to do some of that self editing yourself. 
Well, look, I think self-editing happens before uh, you pay someone. Um, and I find the self the self-editing is the, the part that I'm up to right now in my book. I've written my book. I'm now self-editing it. And I I do kind of liken it to wading through molasses. It's um it's it's probably for me, and I believe I've heard a few others say this, it's quite painful. But the point is you don't want to give something that is uh uh, you know that messy and and un un uh, finished to an editor because then you will really be paying for a, a lot of of work that they need to do. So I like to actually do um, I like to do three edits on my on, on my book three self edits. So I do the the first edit which is after I've you know the the stream of consciousness that's come out of my brain and onto the paper um so i go through it and obviously check for times where i've repeated myself and you know just doesn't make sense and obvious spelling mistakes and all that kind of thing then i do what i call the um this is this is very personal to me and most people probably won't need to do this but i certainly have to i call it the pedestal editor uh, edit and this is where i'm going like am, am i standing up on a pedestal like kind of just preaching at people and saying this is how you should do it um because i i hate that i don't want to come across like that and i know i have a tendency because my son tells me i do it all the time um to sort of sound like some kind of know-it-all um so i want to go through and make sure that's not in there so so i so i have the um the pedestal edit, edit. Then I have the goldfish edit. Now the goldfish edit is uh, basically um, the living the premise that um, people who are reading my book have the attention span of a goldfish, which I'm sure they. <laughs> don't but I'm putting that in there because it's like I want every you know there's got to be something punchy the whole way through it's got to be able to to attract and be you know I don't want to be boring basically so I do the goldfish edit um, and then I do the, um, the the put myself in the story edit so I I feel that this again this is this is probably a little bit like the the pedestal edit if I'm in the story and by that I mean am I using specific examples from real life that illustrate some of the points I'm making um, it makes it far more relatable and it, it's conversational and it's something that people they want to see down and read it so so that's the third edit by the time I've gone through it and done those three they're, they're all pretty deep edits um, and they will take that 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 whole process will take as long as the writing I find around about the same length of time so it's it's not a short process and um, by the time you've done that then you send it off to an editor I tell you what they don't have much to do they're going to go through and go right yeah you know few typos and spelling and that, that that's that's how I've done it so my editor actually hasn't had to cost that much because it's really just um cleaning up the you know the obvious bits and pieces I've missed yeah and with non-fiction I just want to take you back you were talking about putting yourself in the story <clears throat> um I guess I'm going to use the example that I'm working on with my writer at the moment one of the problems that we're finding is that she's too much in the story and we're trying to step back a little bit and think about our reader and say, well, you are the reader and this is this is what you can do because that's what readers are looking for, aren't yes. they? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, yeah, you're right. There has to be that balance there. So it can't be all about you. So, again, this is probably something I've devised for the way that I've written where if I don't give – if I'm just giving a, a, a philosophy or a uh, – like, like like something that I'm I'm recommending someone do, but I, then I want to bring a um, 
this is how I've used it. And that makes it that makes it tangible and real. Not just you should do it like this, but this is this is what this is how I used it and this is what happened. So it doesn't even have to be me personally. It could be a story about one of my clients or anything like that. So so that is how that works. And I think that if the tendency is to put yourself in the story too much, well, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, I think I think that I can't see that being too much of a bad thing so long as it's relatable to the, the person reading it. Yeah, and I think that's it. And, <laughs> and at, as you said, ten to 20,000 words. I know I had another guy on here, Paul <clears throat> Brody, who, who I know you know as well, and he spoke about if you've got a forty or 50,000-word book, you need to cut it into two and three books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say ten's a bit short. Um, I think 15 would be the absolute minimum and even that's kind of like like when you actually get a 15,000 word book um you know printed into a physical book it's a bit it's a bit thin I don't think you can even have something printed on the spine with something that small um so you want to keep it around the 20 25,000 there you go everybody 25,000 words and we've got ourselves a non-fiction book I know <laughs> and you know what if you can write one to two thousand words a day look at that one month you've got your book written yeah and we're I've quite a few of us are playing around with the dragon dictation where we're getting five and eight thousand uh, words a day ooh. um is <laughs> trying to translate them is a bit of a mess right now until we get Lee to get it correct uh now I notice a woman here in Brisbane is also uh selling courses on and workshops and things on how to write your book and it's about women and business and networking and all that kind of stuff people are starting to take it really seriously that they've got to have this non-fiction book now in order to be considered credible yeah well I I I probably would flip that it's not that they need to have it to be credible it's more that if they have that it gives them it, it gives them a um, they're on a the next level up they've got that little bit more credibility authority level of ex- appearance of expertise and so forth um, that they have a published book I mean I've heard people call it a business card on steroids and I've heard people sort of say that you know th- this will sort of elevate your um, authority in in your field of expertise and of course it does it's a it's an excellent um you know means for that yeah and as you go around giving your workshops and things of course you can sell your books everybody oh, so it gives you you having to carry that you know bootload of books <laughs> around to to pawn you can actually put them up there and have people beg you and say please sign the book i've just bought your book and then you feel a little pat on the shoulder as well uh now let's move right along as as we will need yes. to here because we keep getting <laughs> sidetracked everybody this is a wonderful boot camp indie author boot camp 101 here with kylie ansett uh, how to write a book that sells um, that's your free five-day author boot camp and I love your introduction it's not the sort of boot camp where you have to get up at 5 a.m and pretend to be all enthusiastic with a bunch of jiggling lycra clad strangers after all we're writers <laughs> <laughs> yes this is right I that's that's the kind of boot camp I like one that I can do in the comfort of my bed I do a lot of writing in bed in my pajamas Oh, I remember the days. I, I remember the days. <laughs> it's been almost productive. I wake up really early and I'm just like, whoa, and I like the, the thoughts are there so tangible and ready to just fall out of my brain and 
through my fingers into the keyboard that I don't even have time to go to the toilet. I need to get the laptop out and start working straight away. So pyjamas all the way. Too much information, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, in this boot camp, you've got some interesting things, writing a banging boot di- uh, book description. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is part of the marketing. This is so important. So your book description, your blurb, um, this is the part. So, so let's let's think about the way that Amazon works. So, when when you you see your book up on Amazon, and then there's I think two or three lines that are visible, and then there's a little little button that says read more that people can click on to get to see um, your book description or your blurb, and that is the most valuable piece of real estate after your actual cover. Um, that to sell your book. And I, it, it's a crying shame because so many authors uh, completely ignore or um, kind of lose, they run out of puff by the time they get to the point of, you know, I've done everything else, what, now I have to write a description? I'll stuff it, I'll just copy and paste, you know, the first few lines from the book or the introduction or something. It's like, ah, missed opportunity. This this is where you're going to sell your book. If someone has been, if their interest has been piqued enough by your cover and your title that they've clicked on it and they've actually opened up the, the page for your uh, book, you've got to grab them at that point. It's it's absolutely vital. So you you should spend a lot of time crafting your book description and make it irresistible so that there is no other option except for buying your book after reading that description. Yeah, and everybody, just so you can relax, there's a guy called Brian Clark who actually will do this for you or he's written how to do it uh, and I think he a lot of people just go to him and just get him to do it for them. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, 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 you have to know how to do it yourself because, I mean, oh, well, look, I, you know, I just think it's not, it's not that hard. You just have to, you have, you have to take your author hat on off and put your marketing hat on. And that's just a perspective. You now need to sit in the position of a person who is thinking about buying your book and understand what do they need to know to want to buy that book what what's going to attract them um and it's it's about making it, it it's 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 about making it um this is how i'm going to solve your problem now i'm talking about um I'm talking about non-fiction, but in fiction, I can't see why it wouldn't work as well because what's what is the problem that someone has who goes to purchase uh, or is thinking about buying a fiction book? What is the problem that they have? What would you say, Melinda? Oh, when people go to buy a fiction book, usually they're bored or they're procrastinating or they yeah. want to go to the beach and have a little <clears throat> bit of a dream. Exactly. Okay. So, so how can you show them that you'll solve that problem? Um, now, obviously, with a with a nonfiction book, the problem is is you know whatever whatever your book is about. But I, I think you need to be really clear what problem you're going to solve, and then you need in the description to to describe to them how you're going to solve it and how this book is going to solve it. I mean, that's basically how you sell it. You're telling them this is this is the problem, and this book is going to take you through the steps of how we. Um, get to the solution yeah and everybody one of the things that is interesting me at the moment and Kyle it continues on from what you've said you've got your book you've yeah. got you've grabbed your um you've piqued your readers interest there they've downloaded um the uh what is it sample chapter from <laughs> amazon but nowadays 
in order to get them to download that sample chapter, you put your table of contents and everything at the back of the book. Okay, okay. So, so, all right. So I would say the downloading of the sample uh, chapter or, or, or the look inside feature, that comes after the description, generally, generally. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's not always. But so that if the description is attractive enough, the next step is, oh, let's, let's click on the look inside. Now, the look inside is the same as download a sample, right? You're going to get the same 10% of the book is going to become available for you. Now, in a 20,000-word book, that's, that's you know, uh, 2,000 words, I guess, you know, obviously it's 10% of your book. So, it's if your book is on the shorter side and you have got the first, say, five, six, seven pages with, you know, the a dedication and uh, acknowledgements and all, you know, and then a book for, you know, a page for your um, copyright and all this kind of stuff. Um, by the time someone actually gets to have a taste, um, and it, this is how I like to liken it, it's it's back in the old days when there used to be bookshops. You, you remember those days, Melinda? Yeah. Um, so back in those days, what people would do is they would browse around the bookshops, they'd open up and they'd flick through, right? Well, this is the equivalent of that. It, it's a little bit more limited because they can't flick through the whole book. They only get that first bit. Now, if someone was flicking through a book, are they only going to read the copyright and the acknowledgements? Is is that what they're going to flick through to decide if they want to buy that book? No, they don't care less about those things. They honestly couldn't care less who you want to dedicate the book to. So put it at the back because it just it just doesn't make sense in an in an uh, online book. Um, so the table of contents, however, however, now this is this is where I really beg to differ here. From my uh, the table of contents is a fantastic marketing tool if it's used right. If you have your table of contents being chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, then yeah, that's boring. And I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't want that. Um, you know, that's a waste of space. But um, have your table of contents being a little bit more attractive. Um, and I'll give you an example just to, to give you some idea of what um, some of the chapter names that I used for 10 years younger. Um, okay. Can you brush your liver? That's chapter three. Uh, chapter seven is the silent treatment everyone is talking about. Um, chapter chapter twenty: how to stack the deck, how to put your doctor out of business. Um, do shoes make you old? So what I've done there is I've been a little bit a little bit cheeky, a little bit sneaky, and I've basically <laughs> I basically turned my chapter titles into clickbait. Oh, I've got to stop you. I'm sorry. I've got to stop you, everybody. I am listening. I am still here. <clears throat> um, Kylie, how do shoes make you old? Oh, you're <laughs> going to have to. Now, now, you're going to have to buy my book to get the answer to that. Oh, that's not fair. Do you see how that, no, but do you see how that works? Everybody, I am hooked and enamoured with this woman. How beautiful is she? And the very reason I asked that question, but of course she sat me on my backside already. The reason I asked that question, um, excuse me, is because I downloaded a, a business book off. It was quite a quite a famous guy, and he had all his table and contents and everything at the back, and it really, really annoyed me because mm. I like those I like those chapters and I like to choose the chapters that I want to read. And I'm going, where's the table of contents? And yeah, I thought, a... yeah, it was a stupid idea and I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up and I'm glad that you set me straight before I could just say I disagree um, because I am hooked. I, I, I am yeah. curious about why she's make you old. And Good. As as and, and... Off, yep. 
you're gonna you're gonna and and chapter 15 is almost better than sex Ha, I can't. Ugh, mm-hmm. I gave that up years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, not interested in that one. Sorry, everybody. Um, I, that's why I buy fiction now, um, which is another subject altogether. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we've got our non-fiction book. We know it's going to be 25,000 words and we know we're going to have our chapters um, at the front, everybody, we've Kylie and I have decided that put all the rest of the rubbish at the back, but keep those chapters at the front for <laughs> clickbait, which I think is a fantastic idea. And I think I think you're 100 percent right. We know our categories, we know our rankings. We're pretty much finished here, but I've only got halfway through my interview questions. Oh. Um, Kylie, you're wonderful. <laughs> um, now there is one question that I've got for you. You've said here, don't follow the big wigs' advice, and how will <laughs> crabgrass help you craft the perfect tile? What on earth is crabgrass? Oh my god. Okay. So so um now there's this beautiful beautiful line and this is a copywriting line. So I'm a copywriter as well. So I'm using a lot of my copywriting type marketing slash skills to to uh to uh, to I guess bring my into my um book marketing. So the the line goes like this. Um talk about their crabgrass, not your weed killer. <laughs> Okay. What's I still don't know what okay. crabgrass is. Everyone right. help now, me out. Cra- okay, I know. So so crabgrass is a weed, right? It's just a it's, it's it's a weed. We could say dandelion or we could say um I don't know, just give me another weed name, whatever. But the point is that if you were if Melinda, you were a a lawn aficionado and you had a a beautiful green lawn that you spent every single weekend sort of going over with a with a pair of nail clippers and making sure everything was and the, and this crabgrass kept coming in and being all ugly and ruining it for you. Now, when someone comes up to you and they uh, uh, start talking to you about the, the the phosphates in their weed killer, in their weed killer, and it's got this brand and it's in this coloured bottle and this and that and the other. Now, that's that's they they are the weed killer sellers, <laughs> and they're really passionate about their weed killer because you know they've invested in it and they know all about it and they they know all the ins and outs and. This person who has crabgrass couldn't care less. They just want the crabgrass gone. Now, that is, of course, when we flip this into a marketing uh, conversation around our books, that's when we are talking to someone about the – we're talking to them about the mechanics of our solution rather than just telling them how we're going to help them. I've got that. Does that make sense? Does Absolutely make sense? none whatsoever. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure it does to everyone out there listening, but I'm sitting here and everybody stick with me on this one. I've got a daughter that when she starts talking, she talks so fast and tells me so much that I say, can you go back to the beginning and start again, please? Okay. Kylie, you are my favourite, favourite, favourite um, author to date on this podcast. Everyone, oh, I've, I've totally oh, lost control of this um, podcast. I've got no idea what we're doing or where we're going. But look, if you a, want to learn anything, go for this woman. She's amazing. And, and look, there's another thing you can do with podcasts is there's, there's this thing where you can slow down or speed up the sound that you listen to it to, Right. I love that. For most people, I listen to them in double speed or time and a half speed, right? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so maybe maybe for me you need to just slow down into like 
half time and I'll be talking and you can follow me that way. Um, um, your energy is amazing. Your enthusiasm is amazing. Now, Kylie does do some coaching, but she's putting most of her stuff up online now. I think you should stick with the coaching. I think people would be flocking to your door to get you to work with them. Um, now, you talk about finding the time to write. You have some advice on us on that one as well. We all love to know how other people find the time to write. I know, I know. Look, I mean, there's 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 a million kind of books and and, and blog posts about you know productivity and so forth, and I and I think you can take a lot of advice from that. But at the end of the day. It comes down to what you prioritise and if writing a book is something that is um, number 25 on your list of priorities, then you won't find the time for it. And if it's number one or two, then you will find the time. I guess that's that's being a little bit facetious, but it does come down to that to a certain degree. You know, how important is this? Because, yes, it will take time, but, and here's the beautiful thing, it won't take as long as you think. So one hour a day, if you can find one hour a day, and it doesn't have to be a consecutive hour. I mean, ideally it is because it's it's kind of hard to pick up in 15-minute bursts, but I, I understand that, you know, when you've got little kids and so forth, sometimes you just do what you can. But one hour a day, um, you can find yourself from idea to published in three months um, without too much difficulty. And I want to go back to something that you said um, earlier on, Melinda, which was um, – losing momentum for your book and also sort of, you know, how long it takes. And I really think that keeping it pretty tight. Now, again, I'm talking about nonfiction, um, but I, I think um, a lot of this applies to fiction. Keeping it pretty tight in the time frame you use is so important because you lose momentum. You have a lot of enthusiasm in the beginning and certainly after you've been waiting through it month after month, year if, year after year, if, if you get to that point, it's, it's just you lose that uh, enthusiasm. But not only that, you go back and read those first few chapters and you're like, I, I don't even agree with this anymore. Like I've got a whole new thought process going on. I've got to start again. So I really encourage people to, to give themselves a time frame. Three months is is it's going pretty hard. But like I said, one hour a day. I've written both my books um, working full time as well and I find that um, it's just about being disciplined. So You work full time as well. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. But I did writing both of those books. So now I have a lot more time that I dedicate to my writing. And, you know, ironically, it's it's amazing, but you, I become less disciplined. <laughs> yeah. uh, funny, funny how that happens, but yes. Yeah, now tell me about it, everyone. Kylie and I are a member of the same entrepreneur group. And it's a little bit funny because my, this is my year of living the dream and earning as much money as I can through my writing and my, my coaching and whatever else I manage to find ways to make money at um it's much easier to sit in a day job and put your dream on hold what do you say to people who are doing that oh absolutely look i i think when it comes to writing a book it is the most satisfying and the most terrifying thing all at once and the terrifying part of it is I liken it to standing up on stage in front of a million people completely naked um, and that's what it feels like they can see every floor they you know they're, they're getting to look inside your brain and pick you apart um, and say you know you're wrong I don't agree with this where did you you know that's not right and and the fear of that is often what comes what holds people back so the excuse at the top is 
I don't have the time. The real thing is I am terrified of being judged by the entire world um, as being, you know, not good enough or, you know, I should have known better, whatever. All those fears come up. So I really think that you just have to realise that um, that is part of the process. Um, It is terrifying, but it's worth it. And in fact, in fact, uh, if you don't have that fear, if you're not absolutely quaking in your shoes, like as I have, I have a whole chapter about my poo in my book. Um, now, exactly. It's and so I'm going. What am I doing? Am I really publishing a book? <laughs> I have a chapter on that. If you don't have that fear, then your book is not worth publishing. So there you go. That fear is what you want to feel. I know so much about you now. I'm not quite <laughs> sure I need to know some of it. Um, everybody, it is true. Fear is a, is a huge problem with all of us, I think. Uh, what What's your take on not making it the best but making it the best it can be in the time frame you've allocated? It, it has to be. It will, it, you know, there, you, you will, in 20 years' time, you'll still be tweaking it. Um, it's never going to be perfect, and that's okay. That is totally okay. So, so I, think, um, I think that you just have to realise that you're far better off to have something out there um, than to be sitting on it and tweaking it forever. Um, it's never going to be perfect. You, you're, you're, you are your own biggest critic and and worst critic so just know that yeah you'll always see flaws in it um you just got to do it yeah. <laughs> put it out there <laughs> and and don't care what anybody thinks because um no. there's so many books out there and as you as you've heard a little bit from kylie and we could we could talk about book uh, funnels and emails and all sorts of things that they're tricks that you can get your get your books um in front of them or as many people as you can mm. but Start small, do it anyway. You'll learn some of this stuff along the way, and especially with the little courses that, um, or that could be big courses for all I know, the courses that people like Kylie offer, um, is just get it out there, get it happening, and and refine as you go along. Would you say that's good advice? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you will. Every book you write will, you know, you'll you'll change the the process that you write it. You'll learn things. Um, you can always republish your book. There's nothing wrong with uploading a new version. Um, uh, that you can easily do that. But I also want to say that I think you should aim to divide with your book. Don't aim to please everyone. You you actually are going to have people who will hate your your book, and that's a good thing. Um, that is because there are that means there'll be people who also feel very passionately on the other side i'd much rather that than have people have a kind of yeah yeah everyone go yeah it was okay yeah i've never thought of it that way but that's that's true isn't it and we all know that you can't please all the people all the time brings me to your comments on feedback seeking feedback can be a dangerous (laughs) little devil can't it oh my gosh (laughs) it's one of my favorite favorite uh topics and i think that people and and one of the things that we we seek as authors we seek feedback on a lot is things like the cover and the title and i just think that it's it's misunderstanding what the purpose of the cover is let's just put it lump it all together under the cover because obviously the title goes on there um it's misunderstanding what the purpose of the cover is so the purpose of the cover it has one purpose only and that is to stop people in their in their sort of scrolling stupor 
um, and grab them and make them go, huh? So it, it, that, that's it. That is the only purpose of the cover. It's not to be pretty. It's not to tell a story. It's not to kind of have colours that do this or that. It's just to stop the scroll um, because that if, if they don't click on – then they're not going to click on your book if they don't stop the scroll and then the, what's the, who cares? You can have the best cover in the world. Um, so that means that when you're asking for feedback on your cover, people are looking at your book, uh, you know, they're, they're looking at it for, you know, 30 seconds, three minutes. They're looking at, you've been looking at it for hours. That's not how people look at your book on Amazon. They see a postage stamp size. Um, they have a split second decision to decide click on it or not. I'm not so, sure whether to butt in there or whether you're going to keep going there. Oh, yeah, I was pause, I was pausing for your for your butt to come in. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I could be taking notes myself, Kylie. To be perfectly honest, um, had I remembered to at the start of our conversation, <laughs> guys, we've we've covered so much in such a short amount of time, but the time has flown, um, Kylie, because you, you're so passionate and you're so um, enthusiastic about what you're saying. Um, we've talked about. Um, the titles and now we're talking about the covers they are but two parts of the process and, and such a big process uh, it does pay not to get bogged down in any one thing but you're correct in saying that people do all the time don't they absolutely and and i i mean getting uh getting bogged down look i think you should put a lot of emphasis and importance on those elements because they are what will sell your book um, at, at the end of the day. So it is uh, it is important. But getting bogged down on it, I think it's just because you are looking at it from the perspective of do asking people, do you like this cover? And if they like that cover, it has nothing to do with whether they, as a total stranger, would buy that book or click on that book, let's say. Um, that's, that's, that's the question you should be asking. And it's very hard for people to give you an authentic answer to that because they are already out of that kind of uh, sort of cycle. Like it's hard to be someone that doesn't know you when they do know you. And, and that's right as well. Um, you talk about um, going from book idea to published um, or published book is a fun-filled journey. How on earth do you take <laughs> that whole process that we've talked about for nearly an hour now and how do you turn from idea to book into a fun-filled journey other than your obvious passion and exuberance? <laughs> Look, it is it is fun. It is fun. I mean, there's definitely elements of it that are challenging um, but I guess that's part of the, the journey. I, what I really encourage people um, that work with me, that take my training courses, is understanding that that not overcomplicating it, um, so that you that as you said you don't get bogged down in it, but uh, but looking at it as something to enjoy. Because if you don't enjoy the process, then then really what is the the point? I mean. Um, uh, you know, it is going to take three months of your life minimum, uh, so you might as well enjoy it. So I, I do uh, in my training, I try and keep my training um, entertaining as well as educating. There's no point in um, in just uh, you know in just having dry, dull material. I try to 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 make it something so that if 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 it amuses you or entertains you, then it's going to be easier to remember. Um, it's going to be more, more fun to learn and then implementing it is just you know 
so the next natural step, easy to take. Yeah, and what do you see as the future for you, Kylie? I know you've got a few courses up there now, everybody. There's some really interesting stuff on Kylie's website from the free um, free five-day boot camp through to several of the courses that she's got up there uh, from email marketing, from launching and marketing your book through to ideas and I wanted to touch on, Kylie had a, a webinar, a two-hour webinar on who wants to be a successful author and I thought, imagine listening to Kylie for two hours. Um, <laughs> do you have that? Is that webinar available for the rest of us um, to look at? I think it's still up on Amazon, yeah. I think it was just an hour. I don't think it was two hours but um, I've got one up there on Mind. Oh, no, I'm not sure if that one's. I think that's part of my course now, the Mind Mapping one. I've got a whole webinar on Mind Maps because I'm so passionate about ma- uh, creating Mind Maps for your book. Um, and the next thing I'm going to be doing a training on is using OneNote instead of Scrivener. I am, oh, don't you know, dare dare I say it in this audience, I'm, I'm anti-Scrivener. Oh, um, <laughs> I know, I know. Sacrilege. You're a devil. You are such a devil. <laughs> <laughs> and she so rides I, in her pyjamas, everybody. I do, I do. Yeah. I'm, actually, I'm only in my pyjamas now. Um, but, yes, it's um, so So using OneNote. I love I love using, I love making the, I make, making it as simple and accessible for anyone. I think that we live in this day and age right now in 2017. It's such a blessing for for authors. It's it's just I can't imagine what it would have been like 50 years ago. You know, you would have had to have um, be sort of. It's just the possibilities weren't there, and so the possibilities are there. It it is easy for anyone. Um, you can put something really crappy up on Amazon and call yourself an author. You can do that. Of course, you want to put something up there that is 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 the best it can be something that that is attractive and something that sells and so to do that you know that's where that's where someone like me comes in to to give you some pointers this is how you create it this is how you market it this is how you make it um something that people are going to buy yeah now i was going to wind kylie up there but i think that's it's impossible to do so we'll just keep talking (laughs) for another couple of minutes now getting back to that question about what what's next for kylie answer what what are your plans what's on your table well, I have. I've actually been doing some interviews with uh, some of the people that I've been working with, and other others who have told me that they are interested in writing a book and really understanding what's been holding them back, so that I can really tailor my training uh, to address the the biggest issues that have been um, holding people back from from actually um, publishing a book. So, so it, what's up, what's coming up for me is de- definitely I'm going to complete the book I'm now writing but I'm also going to be um, creating more courses around how to self-publish how to market your book how to become a successful author yeah, and you're talking nonfiction in particular. Um, Kylie's, I am. Yeah, Kylie's heading on her website, everyone, is helping indie authors make their mark, your nonfiction author journey made uh, made easy. Now, my purpose of my podcast was, of course, the writing journey, uh, and I have lots of people on, and we talk about um, do you want to write a book and how you're going to go about it, and we have people like yourself um, who come on and help us out. There is such a curiosity out there, isn't there? Uh, we all want to know how to do it, how to make it as easy as possible for ourselves. I laugh when you say it's easy and then go into all this detail about all these things we've got to manage. 
I know, I know. Look, one one step at a time. Just get one thing. That that's why I think that you don't want you don't sort of expect to to be um, playing uh, you know Beethoven's Fifth Symphony the first time you sit down at the piano. Like just just do one thing, and then the next time do one more thing. It's it's going to come together um, a, as you go through it, and you will learn so much just through through getting your first book published. So that's why I really encourage people to just get that book out there. Now, here's something that you might not have known. The, my first book I published with a different title. It was called The Body Worker's Success Blueprint. And I was very, very attached to that name, Body Workers, because it meant something to me. What I discovered is it means nothing to anyone else. So that was, I learned that. <laughs> and you know, and do you know how easy it was to change the title? I mean, it like it took about five seconds uh, to upload a new cover. Um, obviously, I had to get the cover designer to, to do a new cover, but even that wasn't very difficult. It um, only took a couple of days. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is it's okay to make mistakes. Like, we're all going to do it. You will learn more from your mistakes than anything else. What you won't learn from is sitting there thinking about it and thinking about it. You won't learn anything from that. Yeah. And everyone, look, if you're in any way wanting to write a book and you've got your doubts and you do want to hire someone, I've got to tell you that this lady um, may be just the right person to, to get your book happening with you and for you. I agree with you, Kylie, one step at a time. Um, you learn things bit by bit. Six months ago, I didn't know one end of social media to the other. I certainly <laughs> didn't know how to podcast. And I accidentally listened back to my podcast number one, just about two minutes of it before I just cringed and crawled under the table. <laughs> We we learn as we go. We have fun along the way doing it, and I think that it's that journey that matters. That's sort of my my catch cry. It's it's not the end product matters, and making a living out of it matters, and all the rest of it. But we don't want to turn it into the very jobs that we escaped from to do this thing, do we? Oh, that is so true. And oh my goodness, I I can't believe that you've only been doing this for six months. I mean, you it's like you're a, a consummate professional. Uh, amazing. You've obviously taken to it like a duck to water and um, and you do a brilliant job of your, your interviews. So I, I've thoroughly enjoyed you picking my brain. And I also love what you said about the journey because, you know, the, I mean, I think that really fits with you and your life, right? Like you're a bit of a, a journey on a, on a physical sense as well as uh, metaphorically, right? Yeah, we looked into that um, whole um, literary alchemist thing about journeys and it was, yeah. it was very, very interesting and I've got lots of piles of notes that may turn into a blog post or a book or any of the other dreams that I have. But to be perfectly honest, Kylie, I just love talking to people. <laughs> um, oh. In a public sense, I don't, like most of the time I'm a loner, um, but when we're out and about, we I always stop and talk to people and my daughter's just grown and go, there she goes again. I said, well, you know, <laughs> that's how you learn things. Um, but with, our, with this particular thing that we're doing and with this particular journey that we're on, I have to say it'd have to be one of the most open and, um, I guess, fulfilling experiences because everyone's so very generous and we're all, I guess, in it together. Yeah, it's lovely. And and how wonderful to have these resources such as this podcast that you provide for 
authors and writers who, you know, I guess traditionally it can be a pretty uh, isolating experience. So it's beautiful to be able to connect with other like-minded people, learn things, share things and and have a, a hub where you can go to and um, connect. So important. And I love that you, you, you know, you just wander around stopping people on the street. And <laughs> <laughs> she's just Talking trying to, to get me, she's trying to get me to drink a green smoothie, everybody. I, I, look, I'm not so sure. I just committed to my youngest daughter. Everybody, you heard it here first on the podcast. I'm giving up, um, sorry, giving up. I am not drinking any alcohol or buying any books for the month of May. Um, <laughs> and I thought by the 1st of June it's going to be a real challenge. Um, throw in a green smoothie and that might just be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, oh we've been God. chatting for an hour, everybody. It's been really, really good fun. Now, if you remember way back at the beginning what we started talking about, I can't remember. I haven't got a clue anymore. Um, but we have learnt a lot and it has been really good fun. I'm going to have Kylie back on the um, podcast again simply because she's she's doing the very thing that we all want to know about, helping indie authors make their mark. She does it in a really, really good, fun way. Um, a copywriter by trade may give us some clue as to why she's so good at what she does uh, and the rest of us will just hang on to her coattails. Um, and Kylie, <laughs> When, when you get well and truly into that fiction, fiction writing, come and see the rest of us because we're very good at making stuff up. It's all this, it's all mm. this practical stuff that we're so bad at. Um, where can we find you? Absolutely. Love it, love it. So the um, sorry, authorwhisperer.com.au is the website where you'll find uh, most of my resources and uh, and bits and pieces. I've got lots of lots of freebies to download. There's, like you said, the five-day boot camp. There's a self-publisher's epic guide and there's, there's lots of free stuff up there that you can um, dig around and find. So I would uh, love to connect with people through there. I can't believe we didn't talk about free everybody. I will certainly, <laughs> I'll reference this at the end of the podcast. I'll try and sort my, out my head and do a blog post about it. I always say that, then lose interest. It's much easier to talk than write everybody. Um, I will confess um, I have bought Scrivener. All my note-taking and everything and my writing is done in OneNote. And I thought, wow, isn't that exciting? Um, I never realised I was a trailblazer. I just thought I was lazy. (laughs) No, I love OneNote. So you'll you'll love this training that I'm I'm in the process of putting together. You will love it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, and that's it from Rider on the Road for another week. And Kylie and I are just going to turn the button off now and we're going to keep talking. So it's bye for now. Bye from me and bye from... Farewell and thank you so much for having Melinda. Another episode of Rider on the Road.